YouTube is probably the fastest way in this day and age to get exposure to be known. There's nothing else like it where you can really literally in a matter of a month or a few weeks or a year go from somebody that nobody knows to a pretty big name in your own niche and space. If you, like me, are really looking to double down and focus on growing your YouTube channel in 2020, then this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast is for you. So keep listening. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day, g'day, and welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. So, listeners of this podcast, I have a confession to make. As a video marketing guy, as a video strategist, I'm sorry to say that my own video strategy has taken a bit of a backseat for the last number of years. We've been focused on doing a number of types of content creation across various platforms, but one thing that's really been lacking for me is a focus and consistent drive to grow a YouTube channel. And in 2020, that is my goal. So if you've been following along recently, the Engage Video Marketing YouTube channel has started to get some new life. And that is exactly the reason why I wanted to bring on today's guest, who is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to starting, growing, and scaling a YouTube channel, particularly for female YouTube creators. Now, although I'm not a female YouTube creator myself, my guest today, Erica, has so much value to share with us all today about the truth of being successful on YouTube in 2020. But before we get into it, I want to let you know that this episode, once again, is brought to you by the Engage Video Marketing Academy. Now, I've been talking about this over the last number of weeks, and I'm excited to say that as of the release of this podcast episode, in just a few short days, I'll be opening the doors to my beta program for this academy. Now, the academy is my brand new online community and resource designed to help you be more effective with your video marketing for your brand or business this year. If you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner or a marketer, and you want to better understand how to utilize strategic video marketing to grow your business, then the Engage Video Marketing Academy is for you. The Academy will feature monthly coaching calls, one-on-one member deep dive sessions, expert interviews, and downloadable templates, guides, resources, and trainings that will help you implement across all seven elements of an effective video strategy. If you want to get in at the absolute lowest price that this Academy will ever be, then you can head on over now to Engage Video Marketing academy.com and I can't wait to share more with you on the inside. So my guest today is the amazing Erica Vieira. Now Erica is the host of the YouTube Power Hour podcast and the creator of the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. She's a lover of all things social media, YouTube and influencer strategy and she is an awesome person too. With over 200 episodes of the YouTube Power Hour podcast, Erica has spent hundreds of hours talking to and reverse engineering the successes and failures of dozens of YouTubers both big and small and that's why she's got so much value to share with us today. 
Her Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp has helped hundreds of online influencers grow their channels, see significantly higher video views and find their unique niche. There was a bunch of things in this interview that I took away and have started implementing in my own YouTube channel, and I know you're going to get value from this too. So let's jump on in now to my interview with Erica Vieira from the YouTube Power Hour podcast. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here as well because, um, you know, I was saying before we hit record that we haven't actually recently had a lot of females on the show and I'm excited to interview you because you've got a great story, um, particularly uh, in the world of YouTube and mm -hmm. helping women as well build their mm -hmm. influence and reach with YouTube, which we'll get to later. But for people that haven't heard of Erica Vieira before, can you tell us your story and what led you into the world of video that you're in today? Yeah, I'll make it like real brief because otherwise we can go on and on. But essentially, um, I I'm here in Los Angeles and I started the YouTube Power Hour podcast about four years ago. I was in the entertainment world and business world, and I was really fascinated by the world of YouTube. I wasn't on YouTube personally, but I found that the people and the women specifically that were on there. Um, kind of doing their thing and being girl, you know, girl next door, but now they're superstars, really interesting. And I, I was curious about the stories behind that. And there weren't a lot of people at the time, mind you, this was about, you know, four, four and a half. Actually, when I first came up with the idea, I probably sat on it for about a year or so. So this is maybe like five years ago when I had this idea. And then no one was really talking about the behind the scenes, like who these people were, people that were making a lot of money that had really cool brand connection and brand deals. And they were people that just decided to upload videos onto YouTube. So I said, you know what, I'm going to interview them. I, I was looking kind of for a, a hobby side hustle kind of thing. And it wasn't even a business. It was just like, I'm going to do something fun. I think this would be interesting, a cool way to meet people. So I started the YouTube Power Hour podcast. Since then, I've had, actually, I just celebrated my 200th episode. So I've had two, nearly 200 amazing women that I've interviewed on the podcast. So I've interviewed women that have, you know, I just got off doing an interview with a woman that has almost 2 million YouTube subscribers. She does a, like a language channel. Um, I interview people that, you know, blew up and in a matter of a month and a half, they now have 300,000 subscribers. So I've, I interviewed just different uh, type of successful YouTube women on the show. And eventually what happened was that because I have a background actually in both sales and marketing and an acting background, I studied the Meisner acting technique for like almost two years here in LA. Um, those two things, I didn't know it at the time, but they lead themselves to knowing a lot about what it takes to succeed on YouTube. So interestingly enough, as the guests on my podcast, they would actually start asking me for advice. Mind you, they had, you know, half a million subscribers, but they would say, well, what would you do about this? Or how would you title this? Or what do you think about, you know, the way I introduced this? And we became, a lot of them became, became friends and started giving them feedback. And then they were like, wow, that, that video that we worked on together is took off. It's like one of my highest viewed videos. And then, and then my audience started asking me because my audience really is primarily women. And so mm -hmm. a lot of them were like, you know, you really understand this world of beauty, fat, fashion, fitness, lifestyle, motherhood, all these different types of niches. And they're like, you know, can you help me? And I would get emails and DMs all the time. And eventually that's when I decided like, you know what, I'm just going to, it seems unconventional because I personally never had 
you know, a YouTube channel, but I had kind of been coaching all along. So I just said, Hey, okay, anybody wants to work with me? And I had a a lot of people say yes. And then from there, you know, I have a business now where I've helped hundreds of women successfully grow their YouTube channels. Many of my students have over, you know, half a million subscribers or, you know, the just different various levels of success. They started businesses as a result of the YouTube channel. Some really, really cool, amazing women that I've had an opportunity to teach in my programs and, and coach in my, my private coaching also. So that leads me here. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And Mm -hmm. I'm keen to dive a bit deeper into some of this with you in the chat today, but let's just talk about YouTube in 2020, you know, like Mm. I think what is 15 years old now, maybe just Mm -hmm. over. Um, and YouTube's changed over, over that time. And, you know, I think particularly now that every social media platform is a potential video distribution platform for people, where do you see YouTube fitting in the biggest scheme of online video today? Or how do you help people decide if YouTube is even right for them? Oh yeah, those are two different two different questions that I could probably go on and on about. So I'll start with, you know, where does YouTube kind of fit in with this whole online video? Yeah. So in my opinion, because I do YouTube and I that's like my business and I do YouTube consulting and coaching, I really do believe that YouTube is king when it comes to video content for a few different reasons. I mean, your listeners are probably very sophisticated in the video world and online video and what makes YouTube so incredibly powerful is the search capability is that it's a search engine and the algorithm that fuels it. If you really know and understand it, it could be incredibly powerful. I actually would argue that YouTube is probably the fastest way in this day and age to, I don't want to say the words become famous, but to get exposure, let's put it that way, right? To, to get exposure, to be known. Um, it's, it's, there's no other, there's nothing else like it where you can really literally in a matter of a month or a few weeks or a year, go from somebody that nobody knows to a pretty big name in your own niche and space. So because of that, I think YouTube is incredibly powerful. And if you're doing video, um, you really should consider YouTube. The other reason too is I almost feel as if YouTube is kind of like if you're gonna do video content and repurpose video content you can easily repurpose YouTube content onto other platforms I don't think you can repurpose video content on other platforms onto YouTube so YouTube is actually king in that sense too that Mm -hmm. most of the time the YouTube videos that you're uploading and creating they have to be done a certain way to appease the algorithm and that ultimately is a way that leads it to be more entertaining more engaging cutting the fat out and so that type of content you can easily repurpose on other platforms but you can't really do vice versa so if you're doing YouTube videos there's a lot of things you can do with with that content as well yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because that's, I think, mm-hmm. a really important distinction is even from a production standpoint, like if you're producing with YouTube as your primary platform in mind, mm-hmm. then you're you're going to make certain production considerations, even yes. the way it's filmed, edited and so on mm-hmm. um, for that platform, which can then basically create that content that can be repurposed in different ways. Whereas, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, if you're thinking of, I don't know, Instagram TV is your primary platform. So you're producing for Instagram TV, you're going to be producing vertical video and all this sort of stuff, which makes sense on that platform, but you can't then rip that and use it on YouTube. It's just not going to work there. Yeah, really cool distinction. Yeah, and I know, actually, I know with IGTV, they're switching it that it's not just vertical, but still though, it's like, 
you're not, IGTV is so different in the sense that, I mean, I, I don't know. I still don't get the point of it, but it's like, there's not that powerful search engine behind it. So a lot of people are just creating content to create content, to have content. But when it's on YouTube, there is a consideration of how long are people watching, even though there is those metrics in IGTV too, but how long are people watching? Because that ultimately affects how YouTube pushes your video out. So it's like, you have to be extremely aware. Like you said, those production considerations when you're uploading on YouTube. So definitely. So with these things in mind, you know, particularly if uh, someone thinking about getting into online video more deliberately in 2020, you know, many people, are, maybe they're, they spend more time on Instagram. They spend more time on Facebook potentially, um, mm -hmm. personally. So when they're thinking about, oh, shouldn't I just create content for where I'm comfortable or, you know, based on what you've said there, why, why should people be producing for YouTube, do you feel? Well, I mean, it, going back to kind of what you said, it's, it's not always about what you're doing. It's really about who you're serving is doing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if your people, a lot of them tend to hang out on Facebook, great, you should be on Facebook. Um, however, you know, I would argue that more and more people are coming onto YouTube and seeing it as a viable platform to get information from. Um, so YouTube is, like I said, because of the search engine, there's only two social platforms that have really powerful search engines and that's YouTube and Pinterest. And YouTube is video and video in this day and age is king, right? The no like, and trust factor happens so much more quickly with video than any other medium. And so it's like, but, but I mean, I want to kind of step back a few steps because it's like, I definitely think every single business owner and entrepreneur or anybody should consider YouTube, but is it the right platform for, you know, for you, for those of you that are listening, you know that yourself. And the way I would help you kind of figure that out is, and I'm never, ever one to mince words. That's, you know, my students, my clients know that about me. Like I really give a hard truth because I, I never like misleading people and I never like giving people like the wrong impression. YouTube definitely takes a level of commitment. If you are looking to really build yourself as a influencer on YouTube or really to take advantage of that algorithm, right? If you're going to say, yeah, I want to just upload every now and then I just want to have some video content out there. Like I'll use it as a portfolio and like use that link and send it to, you know, in my emails and people can look at me fine. Right. Upload whatever you want. But if you're saying like, no, like I, I want to have 20,000 subscribers. I want 50,000 subscribers. I want to get thousands of views on my videos. Like I really want to establish my personal brand. Then I would say then, okay, then that, that definitely requires a level of commitment yeah. and the level of commitment is, you know, maintaining a consistent upload schedule. Like once a week is great. It's a great place to start and a commitment to doing that. Right. Uh, that's, that's important because if that's, if that in itself seems like crazy and like, Oh my God, then, but you still know, like, well, I want to do YouTube then. Okay. Then get on there, try it out, upload a few videos. You know I mean? No one's going to watch them anyways. Cause you're brand new. That's one thing I know too. No one's watching your videos at the beginning, unless you're a huge star somewhere else, you know, but for the most part, people aren't, you don't have to tell people about, you can just play it around. But if you really want to make YouTube a thing and you're like, in 2020, that's my thing, then you're going to have to make certain sacrifices to have those few hours a week to commit, but commit to doing YouTube. Uh, Cause most of the people that sign on for my programs, like, you know, I have 
moms. I have women that are working full-time and moms or students or, you know, whatever. And they're saying, I want to make YouTube work and I am going to carve out the, you know, four or five hours a week that it's going to take me to film that video. So you need to, it's not something you want to, you know, half, I don't know if we can swear, but you know, do, do halfway. So you, you really want to commit. That's where you're really ultimately going to see the most results from, from YouTube. So if you, if you want to do it and you're willing to make that commitment, awesome. But also give yourself like, say, Oh my God, I don't know about the commitment. Okay. Then just do like a 60 day trial Just say for 60 days, I'm going to commit to once a week and then, and give yourself that to really see if this is the right platform for you. Don't go out and buy a bunch of crazy, fancy equipment. Um, I mean, some of you guys already have it because you're already in video, possibly if you're listening to this podcast, but you know, don't go crazy. Just say, I'm going to give myself 60 weeks. I'm going to upload every single week. And then from there, then you can assess it, but you don't want to assess it after only uploading like once or twice. And we're like, Oh, I don't know. No one's watching my videos. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice. And what would you say to those people that are feeling that if they don't get fast results, you know, and maybe it is just, six months, right? And if they, do, if they mm-hmm. don't feel they're getting results fast enough, uh, they, they're feeling like it's just too noisy. It is, you know, it's too hard mm-hmm. to break out on YouTube and they just give up. What would you say to those people? So, okay. Like, well, it's like, it's kind of like, what are results, right? For yeah. some people that own a business, there can be amazing results that don't have to come from thousands and thousands of views. I mean, for example, I had a student of mine who joined and she had a, she start, started creating YouTube videos and she has a brand of silk pillowcases or satin pillowcases. And she has other accessories and things that she sells. And she's like, I'm going to start creating YouTube content, right? Her videos didn't get a ton of views, but from that video content, she was able to do two things. She ended up winning a contest for MSNBC uh, with the Shopify contest because uh, she submitted the videos and to be entered. And then she also got an opportunity on QVC, which is a shopping channel for her to go on there and present and sell her products there. And she credits YouTube and going through my program and having those videos as giving her those opportunities. Did she have thousands of views on her videos? No, but she looked, she presented herself well on camera. She had all the things that YouTube video makes a good YouTube video, right? They're succinct, they're to the point, great, um, great visual, presented well, didn't ramble, all those things that, you know, that I teach or what is meant that you need to do to have a successful channel. She had those. And then she was successful there. So to answer your question, so if, you know, for, if you're a business owner, then it's like, you know, are you funneling traffic to whatever it is, an free opt-in, a business, a service. You don't have to have thousands of views or hundreds of thousands of subscribers for that. You just need to attract the right people. So it's like, you know, what metrics are you looking looking at? Or maybe it's even your existing client base just saying, oh, by the way, I have a YouTube channel. And then they start to subscribe. And then from that, they maybe, you know, get, you generate more business with that same customer because they're learning more things about you or seeing more from you, or maybe they're considering working with you, but that YouTube channel really got them to, to know, like, and trust you faster. So I would say, you know, to answer your questions, like what is, what are results? There's a lot of results that can, that can actually not look like all those views and subscribers, but that actually come from more business to your business. 
Yeah, I think that's so important because for people mm. starting out, if they haven't got a clear idea of what their goals are and how that exactly. aligns to their business, then they're probably mm-hmm. just thinking, well, to be successful on YouTube, I need to be a, a big YouTuber. You know, I need yeah. to I need to get to a thousand subscribers and ten thousand mm-hmm. watch hours and monetize my content through AdSense mm-hmm. and that's gonna make me thousands of dollars. And the reality is that AdSense doesn't make you much are, money at all. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing yeah. too, is like the big YouTubers are trying to do what probably those of you listening or already have is have their own business. Like I always tell people like be your own sponsor if you can, like have something that you're selling because if you do have a large following on YouTube, it is really, really amazing and powerful to then be able to have your own service and product that you're selling. Um, and a lot of my students have that. You know, I have fitness people that have their own apps and programs or they have online shops. And when you have that influence, it's really amazing. But it's kind of like some people come already with the business and they're approaching YouTube a certain way. And then some people come like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just know I want to be YouTube famous. I'm going to figure it out when it comes. But having your idea and goals at the beginning, like if you have a business, then being strategic in that sense and saying, okay, well, I know that for me, um, I want to maybe, I don't know, build my email list using YouTube. Because here's the other thing that I see, and you didn't ask this question, but a big mistake that I see business owners doing when they get onto YouTube is like, the first thing they want to do is talk about themselves and their products and their services. That's not what you want to do because that's not going to work for the algorithm. People don't want to watch that. And that's like a big mistake. They're like creating videos all about their services and their products isn't about them. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's not about you. It's not about your services. It's about how you can help people. So that's, that's a big, big mistake. I see people make making right at the beginning, business owners specifically. Yeah. Well, I'm keen to explore these mistakes further because that you've pulled out one of the big mistakes there. Mm-hmm. And I think another mistake is not going into it with a with a goal, with a plan, mm-hmm. with an understanding of what you're trying to achieve so that you can mm-hmm. measure whether or not you're successful according to your uh, according to your criteria of success. Yeah. Are there yeah. other are there other key mistakes that people make when they're launching into YouTube and really giving it a go? Yeah, I mean that's a big one. That's probably that's a really big one is is what I said earlier is not really serving your audience and more serving yourself and thinking, okay, I'm going to get a ton of business from YouTube. So I got to like throw up, you know, throw up all my information and who I am and my services and then try and basically creating videos around that mindset. Whereas creating videos and starting to conceptualize your channel and your videos around who are you serving and how can you best serve them? And a lot of people are kind of always afraid of giving up their trade secrets because that's what they sell or whatever it is. But you kind of have to get over that for YouTube. Like you have to create a lot of free content that isn't necessarily directly tied to you selling yourself. It's essential. Well, in a way it's you, it's basically you showcasing your knowledge and your skills, but without you, you know, being like on QVC and selling your product. So you have to come from that mindset that you're going to be serving and you're going to be creating content that's really valuable. And the hope from there is that these people will want to work with you further, more on a one-on-one basis, more on a customized basis, more on some kind of a course or, or whatever it is. So that's probably the, the biggest mistake that I make, that, that I see people making. Yeah. And what about 
maybe technically or production wise. Mm -hmm. I know that we talked before about don't let the gear get in the way of you getting started, but mm -hmm. you know, I think people potentially find it easier or it seems easier to mm -hmm. say, just start doing Facebook live because it's, you just press a button and you're kind of live, for example. Okay. So yeah. So with that advice, and that's something I actually tell people, if you if you're really uncomfortable with being on camera and you're not, you just don't have any experience whatsoever, I would say then do, do Facebook lives, do, do and actually even easier, do Instagram stories, just start getting comfortable in front of the camera. And yeah. that's totally and perfectly fine. And for some people, just the act of doing that is a huge step towards them eventually having a YouTube channel. And so that's fine. It does the, the production uh, expectation there is much lower. You could just hop on your cell phone and start chatting and talking and if the thought of doing that petrifies you, but you want to get onto YouTube, then you need to start getting comfortable and you need to do, you know, doing whatever it is that that's fine. Um, with the intention of thinking, okay, eventually I'm going to go onto YouTube. I'm just, you know, playing around with this. So I, I think that's, that's actually not bad advice. Okay. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. I think mm -hmm. for people that are just getting started with their channel and starting from zero subscribers, zero views, zero videos, um, Assuming yeah. they're going to start with their a plan to produce a video a week and get a video mm -hmm. consistently out with a consistent posting schedule, how how would you suggest that that what are the first things they should do to start getting traction on a very new channel? Yeah, a brand new channel. So I'm going to sound like well, I guess I didn't really talk about this, but it's these are things that like seem like common sense, but you'd be shocked at so many people that don't do it is like first really understand like what your niche is. But I mean, thinking your audience probably has a good understanding, like what, what your niche is, is the most important. Like, what are you going to be talking about? Cause you can, you have a business be like, well, you know what? I'm going to just use my YouTube channel to just show like behind the scenes and my life. And the whole thing is like, no, people don't care. Like if you have an expertise in something like that's what you really want to be talking about on YouTube. Like, providing value, right? So it's like, what is, what exactly is your channel going to be about? And I, I definitely wouldn't recommend doing vlogs. Like a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to do a vlog and show my life every day and then yeah. kind of sprinkle my business in there. Unless you have a really interesting life that people would be very intrigued with and engaged with and want to watch. Um, and you have, or you can hire somebody with the editing capabilities to make a vlog seem interesting. But most people that are starting off, I would say do not do vlogs. Um, and really then second thing is understand like who your audience is and get really specific to them and then create a list of video topics that you know that you can deliver like bite-sized pieces of information that you can deliver within five to seven minutes and boom, come up with a list of like 20 and thinking, okay, like don't think of like the, these topics that you could just dump a ton of information, really think about succinct bite-sized consumable content. That's five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, and then start from there. And you could like write out a bunch of questions that maybe your clients ask you, that your customers ask you, all those minor little questions, but they, they seem to get brought up again and again. Those are a great place to start when it comes to creating content. Um, and that's why I said earlier, you kind of have to get over like sharing information because if the idea of like sharing information and being open and being um completely transparent like 
isn't your thing, then YouTube might not be your best platform because YouTube really is all about sharing and being, uh, being authentic, being transparent, like showing kind of behind the scenes in a way. Um, yeah. So that, that's one thing. And then to gain traction really ultimately comes down to the video topics that you select and then ultimately how you decide to title them and that thumbnail, the title and the thumbnail surprisingly is incredibly important. So the video topic and then, you know, how you're going to present it to the world through your title and your thumbnail to get people to click. So. Yeah. So can you go a bit further into that? We, I mean, we have talked mm -hmm. about some of these video optimization techniques mm -hmm. on the podcast before, mm -hmm. but I think, um, you know, particularly the title and thumbnail, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into that because what, well, let's start with the thumbnail. Why is that so important? Oh my gosh. The thumbnail, I, I would actually say that I, so 50% of the success of your YouTube channel boils down to how good your thumbnails and your titles are because People are not going to click if your thumbnail and title are boring, if they don't stand out. I mean, you have to think about what people are looking at uh, when they come to their YouTube homepage, when they're going to do a search. They're looking at those thumbnails. So their thumbnail is kind of like a stop sign that'll stop them and then they'll look at the title. So it's kind of a very quick thing that happens, but you got to get that title, I mean, sorry, that thumbnail to grab their attention and then they'll look at the title. But both the thumbnail and the title have to be highly, highly engaging and clickable. And so many people are afraid of doing clickbait, but really what clickbait is, is creating a th title and a thumbnail that has nothing to do with your video. That's yeah. clickbait, you know? Clickbait isn't making it a little bit sensational, making it a little bit melodramatic or exciting. You're going to yeah. have to pull out the most interesting, engaging aspects of that topic to create the title and thumbnail around just to get people to click. It's just the nature of the platform and you cannot get around it. So people are like, I don't want to be clickbaity. Well, being clickbaiting is really being misleading. You're going to have to be clickbaity in the most kind of, you know, kosher term, term of the word. So it's like, you're going to have to, to in essence, <laughs> bait people to get into your videos. Yeah. So. Because I, I mean, the reality is that the best video hidden behind the worst thumbnail that doesn't entice people to click is never going to get watched. No, right? it's never so, going to get watched. So it's people not. don't recognize the importance mm -hmm. of the thumbnail because it is really, it's, it's the front door. And if the front door is locked, bolted, chained um, with, with spikes all over it, no one's going to want to come in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, I like that visualization. No, definitely. It's, but they're not going to come in. They're just not going to, they're not going to click on it and you're not going to get any views and you're not going to know. You're going to be like, oh, you know, you can have the most amazing video, but if people don't click on it, no one's going to watch it. Yeah. Awesome. So further into getting traction early, early on before your, your channel builds its own, mm -hmm. I guess, traction. Um, what would you, what are some other ways that you'd suggest that you can get your first people to subscribe to your channel? If we're not just relying on good optimization and search traffic, are there some other tips you can suggest? Yeah. So I would say the one thing to keep in mind when it comes to YouTube is that People come to YouTube to learn things. They come to YouTube to get an answer to their question, but they're also coming to YouTube to be entertained. So the business owner, the YouTube content creator that can marry the both, marry both, you know, 
information with entertainment, they're the ones that ultimately see a lot of success on the platform. It's not just about dumping a bunch of information on people and being like, oh, my channel's super valuable. It might be, but if the content is hard to digest, if it's dense, if you're not making it easy on the eyes and doing transitions or text on screen or all these different things that you can do to kind of, um, you know, spice things up, it's just not going to do well on YouTube. So you need to understand that there has to be some element of the video being entertaining and entertaining. Isn't you showing up and being like, hi, today I'm going to talk about a video and it's going to be amazing. Like if that's not you and your personality, then don't, if it is your personality, then bring that, you know, if you're like, well, when I'm around friends, I'm like super bubbly and outgoing. I'm like, well, then you need to bring that to YouTube. You don't want to be a watered down version of yourself, but entertaining really is first off, it's bringing your most best passionate, engaging self on camera, even if that means you're more of an introvert or even like a reserved person, you there, there's something you're passionate about and that lights you up. And you need to tap into that when you're going to be on camera. Like you just cannot show up being not inspired because you're just not going to inspire people ultimately. So you've got to be the best, best version of yourself. And as simple as it sounds, that is part of being entertaining on YouTube. Uh, it's diff it can be difficult for a lot of people, um, but that is a really, really important component is to remember that it's not enough to present a bunch of information and be super, super knowledgeable. You need to bring forth that information in a way that's entertaining as well. Yeah. I feel it's about humanity and, and authenticity. I mean, authenticity mm -hmm. is a word that's thrown around a lot these days, but when people are particularly when they're not 100% comfortable on, on camera, often they default to trying to be a persona, trying to be mm -hmm. something they're not. Do you see not. this kind of thing? where, And then it's not authentic and then it it doesn't feel right and yeah. it doesn't sit well. Do, do you see that? Do you experience that? Yeah. So what the what's interesting is that people can sense things very, very quickly. Uh, they have a keen sense of when, when somebody's, not acting like themselves or they're putting on, like you said, a persona, we can all just feel it. Right. And immediately yeah. it's a turnoff. So it's like, that's why it's so important. And there is a while, like I said, I've interviewed so many women on my podcast, people that have crazy number of subscribers. And I would ask the question, like, you know, what is your number one piece of advice for anyone starting a YouTube channel? And it was literally the same answer. And I like started, I stopped asking the question because I was like, okay, it's going to be the same answer. Um, and it's be yourself, like be yourself. And I'm like, oh, that's so nebulous. And that's just so like, whatever. But then when I started really getting in there and coaching people and working people with my, my courses, it's the number one piece of information is be yourself. And a lot of people are afraid of being themselves because they feel like that's not going to be good on YouTube. Be like, but I don't have a YouTube personality. There is no YouTube personality. YouTube personality is really just being very, very comfortable in yourself and almost like a supreme level of confidence that you don't care. I don't want to say you don't care about anybody else because you do want to care about your viewer in the sense you want to make sure that the video is engaging and you're providing good content, but you don't really care about what other people think about you, right? You're just being you. You're if you're if you're wacky or weird or if you're like very serious, that can be okay too. You know, some of, like one of the most magnetic people um, was Steve Jobs. And whenever he would speak, people would listen. And it's because he's so, he was so connected and, and passionate about what he was doing. He wasn't an outgoing person who was like, super loud and engaging. But when he spoke, people listened, because there was a lot of passion 
and a lot of purpose behind what he was doing. And he was really aligned with that. And you want to bring that same level of alignment to YouTube and whatever it is. And so don't think like, well, I don't have that personality for YouTube. It, there's no personality for YouTube. The only, the only personality for YouTube is you truly being your authentic self. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like if you're not being yourself, if you're not being authentic, it's going to be almost impossible to, to continue to be sustainable with YouTube. I feel like, because you can't oh, keep showing out. up week yeah. after week, putting no. on a persona and yet yeah, not being yourself. Right? No, the, 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 I mean, you get burnt out. There's no way you can do that. And that's why it's so important too. And interestingly enough, I do know some large, some YouTubers are pretty good size that they have this kind of persona on camera and a lot of them do end up getting burned out. They're like, I can't, they're like, that's a part of me, but that's not really all of me. And I'm having a weird transition on how to figure out how to bring like all of me to camera. So it's an interesting topic that I think people of all sizes deal with, but yeah. it's better to just start off being your most authentic, authentic self because that's what's going to continue to fuel you keep you going and all that yeah and people will either be attracted to you if you're being yourself or or they'll be repelled and they're, they're not your audience anyway right so if you can attract people that you know they well, the they like you for people, you yeah but even if people don't agree with you or resonate with you, most people appreciate and respect someone really ultimately being themselves. Yeah. Um, and people want to watch people that are confident, that are self-assured because it gives the viewer permission to be the same and do the same. And so when someone really is just, they're in it and they're confident and they just know their stuff, people love watching that because it inspires them inspires them to be like that. And people don't want to watch someone who's insecure or just, you know, not just consumed with worried about what's going on or what people think. People don't want to watch that. It's not charismatic. It's not magnetic on camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I'd love for you to share if you can. Um, and I'm maybe putting you on the spot here, but any, any case studies or, or stories of people that either you've interviewed, um, mm -hmm. or that you've actually coached through your program as well. Um, and that have had some kind of revelation or, or a change to the way they're doing things that's led to, led to results. So yeah. you know, is there, is there something you can share with us there? Oh my gosh, just, there's so many. So, um, one of my students, she's, She's really amazing. So she came to me and wanting to do YouTube and, you know, she had a small channel, like a thousand subscribers and she was doing makeup and just like random lifestyle things. And I was like, okay, you know, you're, 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 you're good on camera, but I feel like in this conversation that we're having, like you're, you're, you know, you're kind of a different person. And, you know, she would talk about her animals and that's like what she did in full time as her job. And, and I would see like a different side of her come out and I'm like, why don't you talk about animals on your channel? Like, why don't you talk about what you're passionate about? And she had all these reasons why. And it's like, well, because, you know, like people like have this perception and this, and you know, there'll be hate for this. And like, she literally had like, boom, 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 reason after reason. Because with my profession and this, because she was an exotic animal trainer. And she's like, you know, people have this weird perception about like captured animals that it's bad. And I'm just gonna get so much hate of it and this and that. And it was like, she went on and on. Like she was just like fighting her fight, you know? I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but I mean, I challenge her and I'm like, but that personality or that 
excitement that you have when it comes to animals, like that is what people want to watch on YouTube. And I was like, I really want you to forget about all that that you told me. And if you, because she would tell me, I want to be a YouTube, I want to be a YouTuber. Like, I want to do that. I want that to be my job. And I'm like, well, you're not going to do it by doing the videos you're doing now because you're not being your best self on camera. I can tell, I can tell because I've, I've seen you. I didn't know her personally before we started working together, but I could just see from conversations. And I was like, I want to challenge you. If this is your ultimate goal, then I think this is what you need to do. And she didn't listen to me um, for a while. And then she did. And then it was like, I don't know how many months later, four or five months. And then she reached out. She's like, okay. I'm ready. I'm going to do it. So I'm like, okay. And now like two and a half years later, she's at 600,000 YouTube, 680,000 YouTube subscribers and is one of the lead pet YouTubers out there. Her name is Emzotic. And once she aligned with her life's passions and purpose, and this is what I say about YouTube, like, and I work with business owners and I work with a lot of influencers and the kind of combination of both is that a lot of people think, well, I just want to have my business on YouTube, but you can't have your business on YouTube without having you on YouTube, right? Without it being part of your own personal brand, unless you're going to hire someone to pose as a person that's going to be on YouTube, you're going to have to be on YouTube. There's some people though that do things like behind the scenes and like they just use their hands or it's like animation and like that's like a whole different thing. And, you know, I've worked with those people and that that's kind of, that's a little different, but for the most part, it's most of the time, it's your own personal brand. You're out there representing yourself and your services. And this is ultimately, and this is, you know, what I told her, like, this is your legacy. This is your life's work. If you end up becoming a YouTube star, this is what, you know, if you have children and their children, this is what you're going to leave. This is your legacy. And so you have to align yourself with not just like your business why, but your own life's purpose and you know, how you're going to really make an impact in this world. And so for her, once she aligned with that, boom, her channel took off and it's been incredible to see. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, I have a lot of other stories like that, but I can yeah. go on and on. So no, that's, I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a great story. And mm-hmm. I bet you she's enjoying it a lot more now too. Right? Oh my God. Her life is, I mean, yeah, this is, this, she's, she's doing incredible things. She has, she has a book deal. Um, she's like in the works of maybe like a documentary. She's, um, she gets, she does, she travels all over the country. I mean, she lived in the UK and she moved to the U S and quit her job. Um, she, spoken at tons of YouTube conferences. I mean, her life is exact. It's like, it's just like, it's amazing. It's life-changing. So, and it it happened because she really aligned with her life's purpose. It doesn't, you don't have to be like an exotic animal trainer, but obviously it's like, it's just, she was just, that was it. That's what she was so passionate about. And once that was on camera, it was like, boom, like people were so attracted to her. Yeah. That's so good. I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, people can take take a lot from that, you know, even if they don't directly align with that story, but there's a lot to take from that for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, even like coaches, like I have relationship coaches that go on and then they're talking about, they're, they're just bringing up very like kind of bland topics. But then I was like, you know, talk about yourself, talk about your own stories, talk about what makes you passionate. Why did you get into relationship coaching in the first place? And then they reveal these stories like, well, because you know, I went through these, the divorce and this and that bingo. That's what you need to talk about. Cause that's what makes you passionate. That's why you're doing it. That's why you're doing it for the beginning to begin with. So you really want to start digging really deep 
in that kind of stuff. And that like people that join my program, they want to get all into like the SEO and all that stuff. And they're like, yeah, tell me the keyword secrets and the title secrets. And yeah, yeah, it's important. It's a component to it. But like literally the first four to five weeks in my bootcamp is like digging into that stuff and like really getting into that to figure out like the topics you can talk about, the stories you can share, all those types of things that's going to really like bring your best self, your most charismatic, your most magnetic self to camera. I love that. And that is what's going to differentiate your content as well, right? If you're, mm-hmm, if you're say, a relationship coach talking about the same thing that a relationship coach down the road is talking about, generic content, then yeah. it's just nobody cares. But You have to personalize you, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Love that. Mm-hmm. Look, that that's really good. Um, look, I think in the interest of time, that's I think we can wrap it up there, but yeah. I'm interested for people that want to learn more from, from you and maybe jump into your program if they're yeah. interested in really exploring YouTube better in 2020, where can they find out more about you and what you got going on? Definitely. So, I mean, if you're a podcast listener, which you probably are, you could check out my podcast, a YouTube Power Hour podcast. Um, you know, for you women, you'll love it because it's all women. But I, I have to tell you, I do have men listeners. They tell me this information is so good. Um, so just, you know, a little fair warning there. But I mean, it's a ton of amazing interviews. It's very, very successful uh, YouTube creators. And then I do have a free masterclass, the Road to 100,000 YouTube Subscribers Masterclass. It's a free class. So you can go in and I dive really deep into some of these things that we talked about. Um, and you can head over there, ericavira.net forward slash masterclass. And there's a link to the masterclass. And then you'll, you know, if you want to work with me, there's more information there once you get on my email list and all that, all that good stuff. So. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll have the links to everything that Erica mentioned there in the show notes for this episode. So keep listening. I'll shout out that link. And uh, Erica, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been heaps of fun. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And thanks again to Erica for joining me on the show. I'd love to hear from you. What did you think of this episode? And if you're starting a YouTube channel in 2020, I want to hear from you. So reach out to me podcast at engagevideomarketing.com or hit me up on the socials at engage underscore Ben and let's start a conversation and let's go on this journey together. And Perhaps the Engage Video Marketing Academy is right for you to help you be more strategic with video marketing for your business in 2020. Remember, you can head on over and find out more about the Academy right now at engagevideomarketingacademy.com. All the links for everything that Erica shared in this episode, you'll find over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 131. And if you've enjoyed today's show, I'd love a rating and a review as always. It really props me up and keeps me motivated to bring these episodes to you each and every week. So I thank you for reaching out with any encouragement, support, feedback, or ideas that you guys can share with me. So that's it for this episode. And I'll be back with you again next week with another interview on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, because I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. And bye for now.